Welcome to episode one of our brand new podcast, Digital Media and Technology in Dubai. The podcast will focus on bringing listeners topical segments as well as informative conversations with local experts exploring the latest news and developments in the digital media and tech scene in the burgeoning international capital that is Dubai. This first episode is called Dubai Does Business. I'm your host, Spencer Stryker, digital media professor at the American University in Dubai. All the episodes are recorded on location at AUD in the heart of Dubai's media city. We're very, very lucky to get some great guests for our first episode, Dubai Does Business. Those guests are Andrew Staples, the chief business reporter for Gulf News, who covers the uh, technology vertical. Uh, Gulf News, who, for those who don't know, is the leading newspaper in the region, and Andrew has a profound understanding of the business scene in Dubai. We also have Maha, who is the managing director of OC, or Organizational Consultants, which is her own business, and she's also the former head of communications for Google, Mina. Both Andrew and Maha are true insiders, brimming with expert knowledge of the Dubai technology scene, making this a very rich and in-depth conversation. Topics discussed in episode one include an exploration of the startup climate in Dubai and whether Dubai could be the next Silicon Valley and whether or not that's even the right question to be asking. That leads us down an interesting road in which we explore the question, what makes Dubai Dubai? In other words, what's the unique pulse of the city? We explore the social media scene in Dubai and some of the top social media influencers in the city and the region. We discuss some of the key startup successes in Dubai's recent history, such as Karim, which is a local, uh, well, they're going international, but a competitor of Uber that accepts cash payments. And we also delve into the topic of whether, of what are some of the unique barriers to entry to building a business in Dubai. Beyond that, we talk about 500 startups, $30 million initiative in the region called 500 Falcons, the debut of the World Drone Grand Prix in Dubai, and even the startup behind the fascinating Save Steve Jobs campaign, which uh, was a fascinating print marketing campaign that you could not help but see uh, in Dubai. Uh, and we'll talk about the innovation behind the campaign as well as the startup itself and, and, and the company behind the campaign. So I really hope you enjoy uh, the first episode of our new podcast, Digital Media and Technology in Dubai. We hope to bring you many more episodes and many more fascinating guests in the future. Let's go with that theme of basically uh, social media kind of, you know, innovation in, in the Middle East and, and maybe Maha, you can speak to that. How, how do you think Dubai does in terms of that sector? How, how, is, how important is social media here and what are kind of uh, some trends in social media? Well, I think, first of all, you're seeing that social media has become part of their daily lives. It's everything in the region is happening globally, is happening here in the ground. Um, there are some platforms that are more popular than others. So, like if, for an example, like Egypt for a market is Facebook. Mm -hmm. In Dubai and the UAE, it's Instagram. Okay, Snapchat, right. is, Snapchat is, is growing a lot in the UAE. 
Um, I think you see a rise in social media trends in what we call social media influencers. So these are the people mm -hmm. that are uh, passionate about a category, be it fashion or food or uh, travel, mm -hmm. and they post a lot about these different topics and brands you tend to go to them to use them to influence buyers and purchase decisions. Right. And if someone is doing something that's trendy, they'll give it to a social media influencer to have them kind of talk about their brand and their product. So you see that's one of the rises. Mm -hmm. Two, I think another big social media trend happening in the region is, is content. Looking at the content, the companies are really trying to create really good content mm -hmm. in Arabic to mm -hmm. okay. target Arabic customers so that they have content in the language that they speak. Um, creating a lot of videos, so we see the production of Instagram videos and Facebook videos um, is really growing. Who are some of the main influencers, in your opinion, in terms of... Uh, well, there's different ones for different categories. So mm -hmm. if you look at, like, fashion, there's a couple of really p popular ones, like Fuzaza and Lady Fuzaza mm -hmm. and Shirin Mutwalli and... Um, uh, Tala Saman. There's very many pop. Then there's their fitness influencers. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch mm -hmm. of different girls that do yoga and do Shades of Joy and Jesse Ali who does uh, yoga. And there's some bodybuilders and some track stars. Mm -hmm. Then you go into travel. You have Shiri Fayed. Uh, when you go to food, you have different foodies. So mm -hmm. there's different people who are considered influencers. And then you have real celebrities who are actual TV and movie stars, they're also, you know, those were used to be the only type of influencers, and now it's all these normal people who just became popular and trendy who became celebrities in their own right. Mm -hmm. Well, let me, let me ask a broader question since I have both of you here, and you both have a lot of experience with this region and a lot of uh, experience both in business and professionally. Um, do you think that Dubai is the next Silicon Valley of the Middle East? Is that is that hype? Is that is that real? I mean, how how authentic is that statement? I don't think it's ready yet. I mean, I think they want to. I think they're doing a lot of things to encourage startups. They're trying to build the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. uh, companies like Flat Six Labs in Abu Dhabi trying to invest. All these angel investor companies that have emerged. Uh, Dubai Silicon Oasis is giving incentives for people to start their startups in their area. Um, the government is focusing on SMEs to try to get more businesses to start their businesses in Dubai. Mm -hmm. But the ecosystem isn't there yet, where people think, oh, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to go to Dubai to start it. Mm -hmm. um, there are programs to give people incentives, mm -hmm. but other markets like Jordan and Lebanon and Egypt, where there's a lot of tech because there's a lot of engineers, mm -hmm. those countries are more savvy in terms of startup culture, creating mm. businesses, doing businesses online, and getting to that. I'm surprised I, to hear you say that. No, go ahead, Andrew. I think, I think what's, what's happening is the, the projects that are in place, the government is trying to create the potential mm -hmm. for it to become a startup, entrepreneurial, technical right. um, environment. Right. So I think it's quite a long way down the road um, to say that, will it be the next Silicon Valley? The, the UAE isn't at the moment trying to be the next Silicon Valley. It's trying to create the potential. So okay. there's there's a long way to lay the, the, the groundwork. As yeah. Well. Now, <clears throat> what will happen in the future? I, th I think it, it's 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 difficult to say. But the UAE has a pretty impressive track record of developing stuff and looking at what's needed. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, possibly, but mm. not yet. Yeah, they're creating the environment. Mm -hmm. 
for the ecosystem. They're giving the right incentives. They're trying to inspire. I mean, if there's any better example in the world of a city that talks about innovation, this is Dubai. Well, that was going to be my point. I mean, that is the kind of pinnacle of this brand is innovation. Right. There's, there's two things that really need to happen. Is you need the you need the um, I think the entrepreneurial spirit is there already. Um, it's growing and it's burgeoning. But I think you need the you need the technical skills. And so you both have mentioned you need that. The, by the way. You need the environment. Um, and these are things that have to that have to be developed either internally um, or to be brought in. And it, I, I suspect that if you if we have if we have one great success story, that could start things snowballing. Well, why don't we just take take <clears throat> that angle for one second and ask? Let me ask the question: What are the success stories we've had so far? You're saying it sounds from that like from that comment that there have been no great success stories. Oh, local Emirati startups? Yeah, and just basically startups in Dubai that we can point to and say, hey, these are great success well, stories. Well, I have one major company. Mm -hmm. It's not really considered a startup anymore, but Kareem, which is okay, the competitor right. to Uber. Mm -hmm. They're not Emiratis that started the company, but they're UAE-based. They came mm -hmm. here, they had an idea, mm -hmm. and they decided to build their business here, and mm -hmm. now they're going regional and they're going global. Okay. So Kareem is a really good example. They can't meet demand. They're growing like crazy. Well, for the audience, why don't you just describe what Kareem is exactly, what their business is? It's an application where you can order a car to come pick you up, and it's like basically having your own private taxi. Um, you can. The difference between Kareem and Uber, with Kareem, you can book the car in advance. You can pay cash. Um, and it's an online application to order a request uh, car service to take you anywhere you want. Through GPS, you can monitor where the car is. You can see what time it's picking you up. You mm -hmm. know where you're going. You can see if you want to send your child in a car where they're going to be when they're going to be dropped off. You get a text message when you're done with the payment, and it's done. It's a cash-free system. Okay, right. It's like Uber. It's an Uber competitor. It's done incredibly well. You said they're going global. Yep. But they're based out of Dubai. Based out of Dubai. But they're they not have, Emirati. You said. They're not Emiratis. The founders are not Emiratis. So where are they from? One's like from Sweden okay. and somewhere oh. <laughs> like European. Okay, the European. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. The the ability that that Kareem has to pay cash is quite an important one right. in this area. Right. Um, it's a big differentiator from what Uber's all about, right? Yeah, and here um, there's there's a number of the a number of the online retailers and are saying have said to me that you know there there are there's still a suspicion. About online payments, um, people people like to have the cash in their hand. Not everybody's got a credit card. Not everybody wants to do the prepaid thing. Right. People are actually more happy to to give cash. Aramex has, has does its um, cash on delivery rather for, even for its shop and ship, you mm -hmm. know, um, and is continuing to do that and is expanding it. In fact, I think they they have. Um, they have a system in place with Amazon, I think, where you can order from Amazon and, and get it shipped through Aramex, and, and you actually pay for, the, pay for the thing when the Aramex courier gives it to you, um, which for cross-border um, online shopping mm -hmm. is, is almost unheard of. On the subject of startups in Dubai, um, how about we speak to this, uh, the, 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 the startup behind Save Steve's Job? You know, do you know, yeah, yeah, you're familiar yeah. with this? The ads are actually very captivating because yeah. the movie is out about Steve Jobs. Right, Apple's right. always in the news. So it's right. very exciting. You see these ads mm -hmm. 
basically it's the marketing or the operations guy of this company right. and he wants to make sure he doesn't get fired they did a startup and it's basically a listings a classified listings it's really actually informative and has a lot of good listings it's a very very good website yeah yeah, yeah. and you basically go it's sort of like a craigslist but mm -hmm. like more affluent and more like detailed has more rich content on it they're curated. it looks nicer that's the difference what's they're, that they're curated yeah they're they curated write their content. own yeah, they yeah. write their own content yeah they have their own content and uh, basically they uh, put up their thing saying save the guy's job visit the mm -hmm. website if we don't get traffic to the website the guy's gonna get fired so this was uh, nonsense this was like a narrative that they that they constructed yeah or is it okay yeah it's just an ad campaign but right. it was very clever because right. you wonder very clever. What, why do we have to save his job what's his <laughs> yeah, job exactly. so you go to the website right and uh, it's basically listings, but it's very comprehensive. Restaurants, mm -hmm. everything from services to your pets to your mm -hmm. anything you need for your house. It's actually quite clever. Well, from the print ad, it said something like, save Steve's job. He blew our whole marketing budget on this ad. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that what it said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of got the idea behind it. They're a, they're a tech startup. Um, mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, I, I, I went down to interview them uh, at the launch, and one of the one of the things that they were saying was, you know, they, they were they were being a little bit reticent on exactly what the requirements for saving his job were, but <laughs> that one of the things that they were saying is, as a tech startup with a with a, you know, a very tight budget for for what they're trying to do, is they're lucky to have a marketing person at all, and if the ad campaign doesn't work, then mm -hmm. you know they right. can't afford one. <laughs> so it was a very clever marketing campaign. Because yeah, it's 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 cool. Yeah, I mean, it caught everyone's attention, and then, of course, it drove traffic to the site, and it built the awareness of the site and what they do, but then you're saying it's also a terrific product. It's actually pretty make. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Very excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if their, their aim is to, to be a listing site that has independent um, reviews of all kinds of venues, goods, services, and vendors mm -hmm. around Dubai, including the government, um, services and and to tell you what's good about them what's bad about them but it's differentiated and, um, then from Dubizzle using it Dubizzle is a similar service or no no Dubizzle's Dubizzle's not really the same thing they're not Dubizzle's um, more buying and selling yeah. goods this is yeah. like listing Dubizzle, so Dubizzle's it's like under fitness eBay, it'll tell you so. all the different gyms under yeah, restaurants okay. it gives yeah. you the different types of food if you want to look up butchers it'll give you butchers if you want to see the list of where you can go for pet services you can look at pet services, women beauty, health and wellness, opticians, spas. It's basically they're, a listing of the. They're, they're not. They're not selling your products on it. Mm -hmm. They're 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 listing. They're the aggregating best places the content. They're yeah. aggregating the content. Um, they're not actually. They're not actually aggregating it. They're writing their own. Oh, they are. Um, so they're 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 um, they have a number of researchers who go out and test things on a on a secret shopper uh, basis. Um, the interesting thing about this is they want to they want to keep it ad free, um, and they want to keep it free to the point of user. Um, now I'm I'm not really privy to um, to their to their financing on this, but I I'm not I can't really see where they're going to monetize this and how they're going to sustain it. They want to char ultimately they want to drive enough traffic to the website that they can charge companies to be on it. Okay. Um, right. And they believe that they can charge companies to be on it and still maintain their independent reviews. Um, they recognize that there's a conflict of interest there. 
um, and they believe that they are strong enough to to overcome that. I would think that that obviously the the, the way to get revenue with something like this is to get the traffic there and then get the advertising in because you've got the page views. Right. Um, the fact that they believe they can do it another way is is it's going to be interesting to watch. It will be. Um, <coughs> but, as, but it is a really, really good website. And I've found a load of stuff to do in Dubai that I had no idea was was here. You wouldn't have known it without the site. So that's, yeah, that's a pretty good endorsement for it then. Did you, did you particularly like the men's shopping section? I haven't gone anywhere near the men's shopping section. <laughs> just thought, you know, just asking. I, uh, I, have, I have more than, well, I, I don't have more than enough boy toys, but um, my wife says I do. <laughs> so uh, st sticking with the topic of Dubai and sort of entrepreneurship, um, 500 Startups has a variation here, or a version here, called 500 Falcons, where they're putting $330 million into MENA Startups. Is that correct? Yeah, so they made the announcement in January. Um, Dave McClure was in town. I actually met with him. Um, basically, 500 Startups is a program globally where people can apply to go um, into this accelerator. Mm -hmm. And then for like a three to six month period, you go through the program where they give you mentors, they help you look at your business. And at the end, they have like a demo day and you try to get funding. Uh, they help you line up investors. So they've never done anything to invest in the region. There have been many companies from the Middle East who have applied to 500 startups globally mm -hmm. and have been accepted, okay. but this is the first time they've allocated a fund for MENA. So they want to look at companies that wouldn't normally get funded. So they're focusing on e-commerce, they're focusing on people who are developing Arabic content, mm -hmm. they're focusing on companies that are doing things to have to do with hardware and the Internet of Things. Oh. So they haven't actually funded anybody yet. They just kind of announced in January that they're going to be doing this. Okay, it's obviously so this a month new. ago. Yeah, a right. month ago. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a really big move that the global accelerators and uh, the ecosystem for entrepreneurship is looking at the region to get the next up-and-coming companies. Right. But again, 500 Startups is based out of Silicon Valley, Yes, correct? it's based in San Francisco. And so you're saying in the past they have funded they accept applications from all over the world. Yes. And so they've funded Middle Middle Eastern. Really several companies from Egypt and Jordan right. have gotten funding from okay. 500 startups and have gone part mm -hmm. of the program. I don't know that any companies from the UAE, to my knowledge, have been in 500 mm -hmm. startups, but mm -hmm. they probably are applying. It's a process. So what was the, so they decided that they were going to go ahead and do a special one just for the Middle East, and that's because, what, they saw that much potential in this region? Yeah, I think the region, they think, look at our target market, 50% of our people are under, you know, are be under the age of 25. Mm -hmm. Mobile technology penetration is through the roof of the region. We have the second highest views in the world of YouTube in the Middle East, more than any other country around the world. <laughs> our consumption of technology is, is large. We have the right infrastructure. Look at what Dubai on itself is doing in terms of Wi-Fi and internet connectivity. Data is relatively affordable across the region. There are some markets where it's more expensive, mostly across North Africa. So all the ingredients are there to, to find ideas, plus a lot of 
companies have come out of the region that have gone global, like the Yahoo Mektub thing was one of them. You look at uh, Karim is another one that's up and coming. There's been several startups out of Egypt that have gone global. So I think they know this is a region where things can happen. Mm -hmm. And they, if they can inspire people, then I think a lot of companies, including Emiratis, will come forward to try to get that some of that money. Mm -hmm. I think they've. I think they've looked at dedicating. Is it thirty million dollars to the yeah. MENA region yes, with yes. this with this project? And you know, I mean, that's a significant amount of money. But in the world of venture capital at the moment, it's not a. It's not a massive amount of money. True enough. But it is the first time that anybody's really looked at the Middle East and said this is purely. This is purely for Middle East, North Africa. Um, projects. Mm -hmm. I think they were talking about, was it a maximum of half a million per startup? So we could be looking at as few as 60 startups and throughout that's really the seed, region. That's really an angel funding, 500,000. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So 60 angel funded companies in the region. It's still, you know, it's a kick, it's a Shot in the minimum, minimum of sixty. Right. They don't have to put five hundred thousand right. into each one. They right. might put fifty thousand, right. hundred thousand. Exactly. Um, but startups, startups here do face um, a certain number of challenges. Um, it's more expensive to start a company up here um, than it is in, say, the UK. Uh, here to register a company is going to be ten, fifteen thousand dirhams. Mm -hmm. In the UK, to register a company, it's fifteen pounds. Right. You know, in the US as well, the barrier, the barrier yeah. to entry is quite low. Right? Um, so there's there's a higher startup from that perspective. Um, <clears throat> on the other hand, once you've got the company set up, there is as yet no corporate income tax. Um, whereas in the UK, you're going to be paying uh, twenty percent. I think is the is the current tax rate in the US. Obviously, you're going to be you're going to be paying tax. That, however, of course, is, is just on profits. But mm -hmm. for a startup, the the initial setup costs is one of the one of the most important things. On the other hand, there are a number of things that are very beneficial to a startup mm -hmm. in the UAE. Um, perhaps not on a global scale, but certainly within the region, um, you're looking at, at um, huge amounts of, of bandwidth available. Um, you're looking at cloud services being available. Um, once you have the cloud services, then you can um, reduce your startup costs significantly. Mm -hmm. um, say, say you're a um, say you're a graphic design firm, or you know you're, you're creating websites for people. In the past, you know you would want um, the Adobe um, Creative Suite, and for what you need, you're going to be looking at seven to ten thousand dirhams to buy that. You, you can you can subscribe to it now for 200 dirhams a month, less than 200 dirhams a month. If, if you can't make 200 dirhams a month as a graphic designer, you shouldn't be in that <laughs> profession. <laughs> so, so there are very, various sort of pros and cons to starting a business, basically, in Dubai is what you're getting at, and and there, you know, some really high. I think you have to be. I think you have to be aware of what the issues are. I wouldn't say that there are pros and cons. I would say you have to be aware of what the issues are. The startup costs are higher than they are in the UK and uh, the US, for instance. Right. But um, I haven't really looked into um, startup costs for elsewhere in the region. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I believe they're, they're comparable. Um, 
Dubai is, is very keen, the UAE is very keen to, to have startups in. It's one of the reasons for creating the free zones. Um, but still, you're looking at those, you're looking at that fairly hefty investment to actually get the thing up and running. Mm -hmm. Rents are expensive. <coughs> um, you know, that's, that's a major factor for, for a startup um, because rents being expensive affects not just your office rents, your commercial rent, but the salaries that you're having to pay to people because they need to have somewhere to live. Right. Um, so it's not, it, it's not necessarily the cheapest, but you have all the infrastructure there and in place. Okay. You know, you have um, you have media city, internet city, mm -hmm. you have the you have the bandwidth, you have the fiber optic cables mm -hmm. um, laid in. We it, it is a very, very technologically developed mm -hmm. environment mm -hmm. and is going to become more so. Um, you mentioned the smart city project. Right. You know, it's 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 going to going to become easier to to operate if not to set up a startup and and maha do you want to speak to the same question perhaps like the incentives or disincentives of doing a business here well there's there's two advantages one is the free zone so they mm -hmm. set up those companies for people to use in dubai they have them in abu dhabi they have them so one advantage if you have a small business is to try to set up your business in one of the free zone because it affords you some opportunities and advantages for that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, these companies, like I was discussing earlier, there's crowdfunding for startups. Right. And there's companies like Eureka, there's mm. companies, there's other companies that are out there that help these businesses do that. And there's a lot of accelerators now that are, are appearing. And a lot of the companies even like do, for example, do invest in promoting small businesses and do have corporate efforts as a CSR, try to get these small businesses off the ground. So trying to take advantage of those is, is another way. Is it expensive? Yes, because it's not just the start, start up the cost of the company, it's your employees and the visas and their medicals and their IDs. I mean, that's the cost of doing business is not necessarily the paperwork, but it's all the expenses that go with the paperwork. And now there's a new law where the, I think next year all the companies are required to have health insurance and medical pay. So, I mean, it's, it's running a business, is, it's, it's an investment. Right, but we talked at the beginning about how <clears throat> the, the idea of whether or not that Dubai is the next Silicon Valley, and you know you have to think about what are the ingredients that made Silicon Valley Silicon Valley, and one of them has got to be low barrier to entry to get into entrepreneurship. So is that something that you think will change in the future, that they're working on changing or not? Well, I think the cost of living in Silicon Valley is enormous, well, and people is. that live That's there true. say that. So I think they're having issues with traffic and with... Uh, uh, with housing, and it's expensive. I mean, even right. companies like Google have to bust in their employees, and it's it's a real issue. It's happening in Seattle as well yeah. With, yeah. with the Microsoft um, headquarters, but but that's attracted other companies around, and the costs are going up. Um, we're not in the. You talk about will it be the next Silicon Valley, but we're not in the Silicon Valley of the 1970s, where um, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniacki can can start building apples in the garage you know that that silicon valley is 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 long behind it's a it's a major major area that's long behind there, because you know. why why could why is dubai not like silicon valley in the 1970s i don't think it wants to be like no. silicon valley in the 1970s okay. i think the premise of the question 
shouldn't be, can Dubai be the next Silicon? I mean, they Dubai is known for creating its own brand, doing its own thing, having its own innovation, tourism, and making the marketing of their brands. I don't know that they want to be a Silicon Valley. I think what yeah. they want to be is a business hub, a place where someone dreams of, like, I want to grow up and start my business in Dubai because it's got great schools, and it's got great tourism, and it's got great health care, and it's got great transportation, and good infrastructure. Those are the things that make a city appealing to come live and start your business okay. more than some of the elements that helped build Silicon Valley back in the day. But mm -hmm. I think, um, I mean, look at the things that they're doing on innovation, for example, on the drones. Everyone loves talking about drones because they're so fascinating. Right. So they had the drones for good competition that mm -hmm. the government actually was kind of behind that initiative. Mm -hmm. And you had really cool projects like uh, delivering medicine to areas that you can't get streets or transportation to or having a drone do surveillance um, uh, and marine li and like over the marine area so it can detect if there's any broken pipelines that need to be repaired. Mm -hmm. um, so real kind of uses for when you need to have a drone, not for spying, but for good reasons. Right. Um, and they just announced the other day that they're going to have the the World Drone Prix. Like, who who thought, who <laughs> thinks of that stuff? Right. But, like, Dubai. This is a Dubai thing to come up right. with. And on March 11th, they're going to have the Drone Prix. It's basically a global race where people will come and bring their drones and compete. It's just like, you know, the gadgets meets technology meets crazy Dubai ideas. We have we have robot jockeys, why not? Yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. I mean, I think that's the new brand of Silicon Valley that they're mm. creating. I don't mm. think they're a Me Too brand. I think they like to create their own brand. It's a, it's a great point, actually. So sticking with that, what, what makes Dubai Dubai? You said it's kind of, uh, it's kind of an audacity or combined with technology, uh, wh what is that? I think uh, it's vision. It's vision, it's moving quickly, it's like accelerating you know, beyond people's wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a lot to do with service, like give people really good service on everything, government, institutions, their interaction. Give people good service and they're gonna stay. Give people a good quality of life and they're gonna wanna stay. And I think that's what's made it such a strong brand. Okay. That's my point of view. I certainly wouldn't disagree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's there's um, audacity is an interesting word. Um, I, I think there is a certain amount of audaciousness about it. Um, I Dubai has an attitude of if you build it, they will come, mm -hmm. and they have, and people have come. Um, it's not afraid to promote brand Dubai. Um, the, the 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 business climate here is is such that although we've talked about sort of high startup costs and there are there are regulations, I think that things will improve on that front. That that there will get to be fewer regulations and that the um, initial setup costs for startup, which is hugely important when you're not bringing any money in. Um, right. Which few startups do at the beginning of course um, is I, I think that is going to that is going to get better. It will have to get better if they want to really have more places coming through the incubation systems that they 're putting in um, but I think that we are almost approaching a critical mass of innovation and projects. We're talking a lot at the moment about um, technology projects. 
um, by which we're primarily focusing on computing, internet, uh, cloud computing, internet of things, how to use it. We were talking about like Insider, which is um, you know, a marketing information uh, site. Um, there are many other things happening in Dubai. Um, there's, you know, Dubiotech, um, Knowledge Village, um, Media City, which is related to the technology, Internet City, which is devoted to it. But there are all these projects coming in. You're combining that with one of the biggest, um, if not the biggest, container ports in the world, massive transport hub, um, air and sea, um, easy access to um, to markets around the world. Um, you know, th there's it's it's bigger than simply um, the technology area. And as to what has made Dubai like that, this has been a trading community for centuries. Mm. Um, so that DNA is still there. You're saying. I, th I think that there's a there's a culture of of, um, of trade willingness to trade. Um, I'm I'm a Brit. I speak one language reasonably well. We're, we're renowned for this around the world, and I, and I have a smattering of a couple of others. But you know, Emirati friends of mine speak four, five, six languages fluently. They talk to people in their own language. You know. The um, Dubai government, um, the Dubai tourism website is 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 in seventeen different languages. Mm. You know, all of the Dubai government websites are at a very minimum in in Arabic and and English. There's a, there's a degree of of hospitality here that continues to be reflected. Um, so. Yeah, Dubai does business.